9.03 p.m. It's Friday, May 29th. You know what I'm saying? It's a good Friday. It's a beautiful Friday. No complaints over here. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. New Wave Podcast. We in the building. We happy to be here. We are here. We are in the building. We talking today um, a few things. I know we got situations going on. We spoke on stuff all week. We talked about these riots. It's like you can't hide from it. You can't you can't run from the fact that we got the riots going on out there. I got people I got people um that want me to constantly talk about the riots. You know, but I can't constantly talk about it. But what I can do is give my I I is speak my piece on that I've been speaking about for the past three days. Um, this is what you. This is what is happening. You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and people are rioting. The cops play a major part in this because they're taking their job a little too far. When you murder somebody, this is what's expected. This is what's expected. Yeah, people are tearing down the grocery stores and stuff, and we're in the middle of a pandemic, and who knows when they might need to go get some food. But nobody's thinking about that right now. They're thinking about the blatant disrespect by these officers and the fact that he got arrested but people don't understand he got arrested because they were going to burn that man's house down with him in it so he didn't get arrested he was rescued you see it's a difference that man Arrested, that's a part of the process, right? A part of the process, we expected him to lose his job. We were like, damn. But we was also surprised. We were like, oh shit, he got fired. But now, when he's arrested, it would have meant something more if it wasn't these riots and stuff going on. You know what I'm saying? And they would have just arrested him immediately. Like, yo, you got to go to jail, dog. You just did this shit. That's foul. But they felt the pressure of the people. So they said, let's get this man off the street for they try for they kill him. I mean these motherfuckers is burning down the precinct out there. They burning shit down. They're taking shit down. They taking no prisoners. Think about this shit been happening forever. Forever. This shit been happening before we were born. It's time that they that they stop this. This is you can't do something like this during a major pandemic when we're supposed to be like we 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 worried about other shit. We're not supposed to be worried about cops killing us. That should be the last thing on our mind. 
What should be on our minds is safety. Staying home. Washing our hands. Staying six feet away from certain people, so they say. That's the only thing that should be on our minds. We should not be worried about police brutality right now. So the guys, the cops that did that shit, and this other stuff happening. So the officers that are doing this stupid, shady shit should all be penalized. Because there's a lot of shit happening out here. It's a lot of shit happening out here. Shout out to everybody that's in Minnesota. Shout out to everybody that's shout out to everybody that's in, in in Minnesota. Shout out to everybody that's in Brooklyn. And New York City is one of the biggest police states out there. That they rioting out there, and I feel and I look at shit. They're not rioting in New York. They're protesting. Let's get it clear. They're protesting in New York. But you know, one bad apple could fuck it up for everybody. One rock thrown through a window would cause massive chaos. You see, in New York City is one of them states where they looking at, they watching it, they watching it on a microscope, they ready. They ready. They like go ahead and go ahead and do some nigga shit. Oh, please do it. We waiting. You know them New York police, they play different. They don't give a fuck. But our attitude gotta be firm. Our attitude has to be firm in this situation. We cannot, we cannot, we cannot keep letting this happen. Because we young, we men, we, um, some of us don't even look, some of us are older and don't even look old. Cops, their main focus is young black men. Older black men sometimes, but some of us are young-looking men. You know, so we're targets. We're walking around with a bullseye on our back. Shout out to all the guys out there that are just staying focused, man. Sucker free, off the street, minding their business. You know what I'm saying? We know. Shit happens. But we don't want this shit to happen again. We want this shit to stop now. Like right now. Motherfuckers is tired of this shit. So rest in peace, man. Shout out to everybody that's out there. All the moms that are out there going through it. You know, some of them are single parents. Give me one second. Some of them are single, single parent moms. And they have to worry about their sons outside in the street. Shout out to all the dudes out there that's just working and minding their business. Still getting harassed by the cops. Like, motherfucker, what else do you want us to do? What the fuck you doing? Motherfuckers ain't doing shit. You know, these guys, you know what the problem is? These guys are, are fearful of us. You know... Uh, uh, African American black men are intimidating to police. You know, we're, we're very intimidating. 
everything about us says run to them. We're also misunderstood. Because nobody, nobody, nobody mentions the fact that they're hardworking. They're family men. Their sons, their nephews, their uncles, their brothers, their cousins. They're just, they're friends. So when these cops got this thing in their mind, like, let's just take them down. Let's just fuck their whole life up. Let's just take them to jail. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's disrespectful. It's blatantly disrespecting us. Now, what I'm saying is our leaders, our so-called black leaders, need to stop turning their cheek to this and start stepping up. We got billionaire African Americans that need to be outside. Not inside, outside. We don't need you donating money. We need you being there. Being a presence. We need you to be a presence. We need you to step up. We got people like Oprah Winfrey. We got people like Jay-Z. We got people like... We got people like... Um, Russell Simmons. We got all these entertainers. All these people that are known. And then we got people that aren't known. That are out there. They got money. They doctors. They lawyers. They business owners. They entrepreneurs. You know we have people. But it's almost like damn. When they get a certain level. They say wait a minute. I don't want no parts of that shit no more. I don't want to even live that life anymore. I don't want to know what they do. I don't want to breathe the same air as them. You know, we got our Barack Obamas. We got our Reverend Jesse Jackson. We got our Al Sharptons. We got these motherfuckers. We got a lot of these motherfuckers. We got a lot of these motherfuckers. Where are they at? I will not be happy until I see them in the street telling the world, stop it. We don't care about your money right now. We don't need your money right now. We need your voice. We need your presence. We need you to be involved. Stop letting this happen. Stop letting this happen to young black men, man. When something like this go down, y'all need to be up there like, yo, listen, at every precinct, like, look, man, what we got to do to make this shit stop? Because if it happened again, we want all y'all out of here. That's the attitude that we want. That's the that's the that's the body, that's the that's the muscle we want. That's all. We don't want nobody to line their pockets and say, yo, let's just pull up a fundraiser. Let's put up a GoFundMe account. Let's gather up all these names for a petition to get these cops fired. No, you know what? Get them fired by, by lining up around that precinct and doing whatever you have to do. Even though they're already fired. But don't let this happen again. Don't let this happen again. You know, we're not animals, man. We're not animals. You know, Michael Vick got convicted of 
dog fighting, right? They treated Michael Vick. They treat Michael Vick. They slained him for fighting dogs, right? These dudes are shooting men. They're gunning men down. The numbers are just not adding up when it comes to the value of life. It's like they put no value on our life. Our lives make, make matter, right? The number is not adding up. They're taking us away and they're putting more value on a peacock than us. It's like they care more about a zoo animal than they care about us. It's New Wave Podcast, man. New Wave Radio. We here. We here. It's Friday. It's Friday. Shout out to Spotify. We on Spotify. Shout out to Apple Music. Shout out to Google. All of that. We got to shout the plugs out. Happy birthday to Carmelo Anthony, man. My nigga. Happy birthday, Melo. We talking Carmelo Anthony today, you know what I'm saying? We always talk about a basketball player, hip-hop player. Today we're going to take time to talk about Carmelo Anthony, Red Hook Projects. You already know, Baltimore. Carmelo Anthony, Carmelo Anthony got, was drafted by the Denver Nuggets, spent eight seasons in Denver, went to New York, Spent seven seasons in New York. I didn't even know it was that long. Time went by so fast. One in OKC, one in Houston, and he played in Portland. And he's still there during this whole situation. We'll see what happens. During Carmelo Anthony's, during Carmelo, during Carmelo's career, you know, Carmelo was a 10-time All-Star, six-time All-NBA, 2012-2013 scoring champ, three-time Olympic gold medalist. You know, Melo averaged 23.6 points per game, 6.5 rebounds per game, 2.9 assists per game. 2006 Male Athlete of the Year. Shout out to Carmelo Anthony, Anthony man. It's his birthday, man. Much love to Melo, man. Melo we're not gonna talk about the we're not gonna talk about the Denver Carmelo. Cause we don't care about the Denver Carmelo. We're gonna talk about the New York Mello. We're gonna talk about Hoodie Mello tonight. We're gonna talk about Hoodie Mello, cause Hoodie Mello mean more to us than Denver Mello. That Hoodie Mello, he made New York feel almost great again. Didn't he? You can't tell me when Carmelo was picked up by the New York Knicks, y'all didn't go like this. Oh, shit. Oh, man, goddamn. Like my man Product say. You can't tell me when Melo was picked up by the Knicks, you weren't, like, suspicious about, should I root for them? Or should I not? And I'm going to watch the game anyway, because Melo playing. Carmelo was in the building. Dropping numbers, doing his damn thing. This man was balling in New York. The thing about it is, the Knicks could not figure out a way to make him a winner. 
in NYC. They couldn't figure it out. They had a playoff run with Carmelo. They had a nice little playoff run. You know, Hoodie Melo went to the playoffs. You know, Hoodie Melo went to the playoffs in New York. They played against Boston. It's a good-ass fucking game. Good series. You know, Melo and them dudes was going in. It was balling. They just came up short. It was balling. They were doing their fucking thing. They were doing their thing. You know, Melo was trying in New York City. Which leads me to say this. Should Carmelo Anthony retire a Knit or a Portland Trailblazer? Does Carmelo Anthony retire as a Nick or a Portland Trailblazer? He has eight with the eight with the with the not the. Let me let me switch that up. Should Carmelo retire as a Nick or a Denver Nugget? Because he's not finished with Portland. Melo got some basketball in him. Melo could ball. And we're gonna talk about how the we're gonna talk about how the league try to blackball Carmelo in a second. But I'm thinking Carmelo should retire as a Nick. He was more appreciated in New York than Denver. Melo was appreciated in New York. Melo in Denver, they pushed him out. They ran him out because the coaching, he couldn't get along with the, with the management. He wasn't, he wasn't, his head wasn't there. He was like, man, fuck this shit, man. I'm Carmelo Anthony. He had an attitude, he had a chip on his shoulder. I'm an NCAA champion. I came out of motherfucking college one year, I bust them boys' ass in college. Now in the league, y'all got me playing with some dudes that, that's not just finishing. They went to the playoffs a few times. I don't know how many times. I know they met Kobe in the playoffs. Kobe, Kobe gave him the gave him the numbers. But I'm telling you, Carmelo Anthony's best years was in a Nick uniform. In a New York Knickerbocker uniform, Carmelo Anthony, man, you gotta give Carmelo love when it comes to when you talk about Nick basketball, you gotta say Carmelo. It was an honor seeing him play at the Garden. You know when Melo came back to the Garden, the standing ovation, they loved it. That's how much the fans appreciated him. The fans didn't want him to go. He was the people's champion. He was a people's champion. He was giving these dudes, he was making he was making the garden better to play in. It's just the management of the garden. You know, you got these teams, man. Basketball, sports is a business. And everybody knows that. Sports is a business. So you can never put that weight on one man's shoulder. When they're not in charge of they're not in charge of um making the draft picks, spending the money, getting the free agents, bringing in the coaches. You know, they're not in charge of that. 
they're in charge of dribbling the ball and pushing it down court. You know, a lot of people don't understand the game of basketball. They don't understand sports. They think it's all on the player. Yeah, it's all on the player sometimes. On the basketball court, you got to say, you got to hold that man accountable. On the court, you hold them, you hold them accountable. On the court. When it comes to the office, he doesn't wear a suit and tie. You cannot hold him them accountable for some of the things that, that goes on in the management in the boardroom. You know, the Knicks, the Knicks brass, the front office, they have they have so much time. They have plenty of money to build the proper team. But what what they're waiting for, I don't know. Who knows? Nobody knows what the New York Knicks management is waiting for when it comes to building a championship caliber team. Only thing we know is that they passed up on Kevin Durant. They passed up on franchise players. So they can get like these little corny draft picks. That ain't going nowhere. They, you know what I'm saying? You know how many draft picks the Knicks wasted in the past years? So when it comes to, like, blame, you can never blame a player for the mess that they're in. Somebody like Carmelo Anthony, he had too much weight on his shoulder, too much pressure, too much stress. Unnecessary was unnecessary drama that he was going through. You know, they start putting it, you know, when you're in New York, they start putting in all this gossip and stuff. They get digging into his life. Can you imagine? Here he got a wife. They see him with somebody. They take his picture. Oh, he's cheating. You know what I'm saying? That's the shit he had to go through in New York. It wasn't the fans never put him through that. The media and the management ran him out of the city. The media and the management ran Melo out of the city. It's not Carmelo Anthony, man. He's not a bad guy. People might say, oh, Carmelo don't want to play with this guy. He's difficult. He's this, that, and the third. He just wants to win. If the situation is right, then he's going there. He wants to win. He wants to start. He wants to be the man on the court. He wants to be the guy. He just wants you guys to help him build something around him. So he leaves New York and just gets um kind of blackball. Goes to OKC. Goes to Houston. Finds his way in Portland. Which is a beautiful thing. With him, Dame Lillard, and all them young boys over there. And we don't we didn't see the full the full potential of that team. So September, hopefully Carmelo can extend his contract or whatever he has to do, and he stays in Portland for a little bit longer, and he and they play a full 82-game season. 
you know, because when he got back, he was sharp. He was balling. He was doing what he had to do. He was knocking down a few shots, you know. So shout out to shout out to Carmelo, man. Once again, happy birthday to Carmelo. Enjoy your birthday. You know, New York, New York, New York, you know, New Yorkers love you. Like I said, like I said, I have a couple of highlights, right? These are considered the top New York City highlights, New York basketball highlights. The John Starks dunk for Chicago is one of the top New York highlights, right? I'm going to break down what those highlights mean to New York, right, in a second. Allen Houston, the shot versus Miami. It's one of the top New York highlights. That Larry Johnson shot from the corner. You see the you see the highlight you see the uh, you see the, um, the 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 crowd when they stood up in New York City everybody just got on their feet. Yeah. New York City highlights. Now, as I told you, I'm gonna tell you about this John Starks dunk, right? So I'm watching the game. I'm watching the Michael Jordan documentary, and. They show the Knicks, you know, so the the music get real dramatic and dangerous. It's like mean. It's like that music started. It's like damn, trouble was coming. You know, when they introduced the Knicks to this documentary, it was like trouble is coming. Here comes trouble. You know what I'm saying? So they show all the Knicks walking on the court, big bad motherfuckers. They showing you how they was just abusing Michael Jordan. Knocking him down, making it hard for him to come to the hole. Anytime he get in the paint, they push him. Step on over him. Elbowing him. Mushing him in his face. They was just being like real bullies. You know? And we thought the bad boys was dangerous. This Knicks team was vicious. This Knicks team was fucking dangerous. And you know, this is not the first time I spoke on the Knicks during this podcast. So they showed the dunk, the John Starks dunk. And John Starks yanked it on them bulls. He went baseline. Boom. This motherfucker's a, a backpacker from Oklahoma. Living out his dream. He dunked on Mike Horace Grant. He dunking on, he run, he rise to the occasion, just whammed it on them. That motherfucking garden went crazy. You can't tell me that's not one of the best highlights in New York Knicks basketball. Best highlights. I'm talking about that motherfucker. I'm talking about our era. We're not talking about Willis Reed and all these guys and Bernard King. We're not talking about Bernard King. We're not talking about them old motherfuckers. They had their time. We talking about that John Starks dunk. It was electrifying. 
you know what? Only thing that's that made that dunk not too good was the fact that they didn't win the series. They didn't win the series. That's a part of new. That's the thing that Nick fans have to deal with: the losses. The losses were like a bitter, bitter taste. It's like a. It's just like damn, they had it. Almost there. You know, so like when I'm talking about that, but I'm talking about you. You gotta celebrate. You gotta celebrate the losses sometimes. With your head up. Because I'm not a Nick fan, but I know when you lost that series to the Bulls, you knew it was hope. Because when you see that dunk, that John Starks dunk, I'm going to tell you why I think it was one of the best highlights of the Knicks. It's because they weren't, the, they weren't, they, they were looked at, they were playing against champions. And they were punching these dudes in the mouth. They were going at it with these balls. Pound for pound. So that dunk came out of... That dunk... People don't understand. It was some good defense. He did that dunk against some good a good defensive team. It took a lot of strength for him to get to them... For him to rise above that rim and yank that ball down. That's why it's probably one of the best highlights. Because it was a physical game... It was mentally draining. And this guy was a little guy. And he and he took it to these big boys. You know, guys like John Stark's just not supposed to do stuff like that, right? John Stark's supposed to sit back and shoot threes. Get the ball and shoot threes. But John Stark's, when he got that dunk, he became a motherfucking super villain. He got that dunk and he immediately became the most liked and the most hated NBA player in the game. Because Bulls fans was like, how the fuck you dunk on our superhero like that? How you do that? You know, Bulls fans wasn't having it. They were looking at Michael Jordan like, yo, how'd you let this little guy dunk on you? They were frustrated. They couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe it. It threw them off. Shout out to John Starks, man. Coach Starks. You know what I mean? Shout out to John. Allen Houston came to the Knicks from Detroit. I know they made a trade. I don't know if they made a trade or they signed him in free agency. But Allen Houston was drafted from out of Tennessee. He was a little skinny guy, man. He was just but he had a shot. He was a skinny guy. He had a shot. He um him and Grant Hill was supposed to be this one two punch in Detroit. But Detroit had to get rid of him, so they gave him to the Knicks. The Knicks was and the Knicks welcomed him with open arms. You know, the Knicks took Allen Houston and he they fit him right in the rotation with Guys like Spreewell and everybody, and um, you know, what I mean, you know the Knicks roster. If you're a Knicks fan, you know who Houston was matched up with, and who he had, to, what he, who he went to battle with, right? So, um, you got Allen Houston. This guy was giving every, was giving it his all. 
at one point, I remember he was kind of soft, timid. You know what I mean? He was very timid. So, at one point, Allen Houston had to, like, figure out his game. He had to figure out his strengths, his ability, how he was going to approach the game, how he was going to play. You know what I'm saying? How he was going to play. And New York was a ver- New York was one of those cities that we didn't have a lot of. New York, New York wasn't known for that outside shot too tough. You remember John Starks in championship? He shot us. He shot New York out of the championship, two for 18. You know what I mean? Two for 18. So they wasn't known for that sharp shooting. But when Allen Houston got there, he worked on his game. He, he brushed his game. He sh- sharpened his game. And then Allen Houston is balling in New York. He's one of the premier shooters. Allen Houston is a beast in New York City. So you got this young boy, Allen Houston. They going at it with the um, some of the best. They going at it with some of the best in the basketball business. They playing against Miami Heat. I think they down one. They in Miami. Miami Heat down one. They get the inbound. They inbound the ball. They go. They give it to Houston. Houston dribbles, shoots, and scores. Game over. New York Knicks beat the Miami Heat. And if anybody knows about those rivalries from back in the days, those Nick and Miami Heat rivalries, those were some those were some big time rivalries. There was some hard nosed basketball being played. You know, because the Knicks and Miami were both in the same division. But they will always meet up in the playoffs for some odd reason. The Knicks and Heat will always meet in the playoffs. They will always play. And Miami would beat the Knicks. The Knicks would beat Miami. It was like a seesaw battle. But when Allen Houston hit that shot, it meant a lot to New York basketball. Because New York was over a hump. So that might be the best highlight in New York Nick franchise history. That Allen Houston shot. That Allen Houston shot went in and them Nick fans went ballistic. Couldn't believe it. Fans losing their minds. Which takes me to the next highlight. Larry Johnson. That Larry Johnson shot. I'm not going to spend too much time on this Larry Johnson shot. I'm um, I'm probably going to end it with this. LJ would do the thing with his arm. LJ. Larry Johnson hit that damn shot in that corner, and the crowd stood up. It was like everybody stood on their feet in New York City 
when he hit that shot. That's something that you got to appreciate right there. Because that was basketball at its best. Just seeing a team win like that. Damn near down and out. Scratched the surface, came back and beat them. That was New York City basketball. It's New Wave Podcast, New Wave Radio, man. We out of here, man. We gonna. I want to say thank you to everybody that tuned in. Thank you for everybody showing love. Um, once again, shout out to Carmelo Anthony. Happy birthday, Melo. Happy birthday, Hoodie Melo. Do it up. Do your thing during this quarantine time. You know what I mean? Practice. Work on your shot. Work on some defense. Let's get back in the game. Let's do it. Let's get busy. Let's have a good time. Let's have a nice little run. Hopefully they raise your raise your jersey to the rafters in New York. Who knows? And we out of here. Peace. <laughs>